Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Righto, so we're back. We've got another episode. Uh, I almost I almost slipped up, Coxie, and said, we're celebrating the Sydney lockdown and we're coming to you every day. <laughs> you know, I'm it's sure like... people feel like it's a celebration. Yeah, yeah, you do the every day leading up to Christmas or Easter. You know, they do the daily kind of thing. Yes, but, yeah. Because everyone's building up to the big crescendo. Uh, but the crescendo in this case is coming out of lockdown. So... Um, how you doing, listeners around the country and uh, across the ditch in New Zealand? And, um, well, I shouldn't say most importantly, Coxie, but um, probably most topically in Sydney at the moment. Um, mm. Haven't heard any news of any change to the construction lockdown. So uh, we've managed to go and wrangle someone and drag <laughs> them into the virtual studio here at Tradies in Business. <laughs> we thought we'd go and get someone who's had some experience with lockdown, uh, 111 days plus a bunch. Um, and we're going to try and do this more over the next week or two, particularly for the Sydney siders. Uh, but it's also great to go back and mm. listen to some of these stories and I guess dig into the sordid underbelly of uh, lockdown and, and the effect it's had on people because I think more of these stories probably do need to get out actually. I of, the, the side effects, the horrendous side effects of some of these decisions. So we've um, hogtied and skull-dragged <laughs> Adrian Walsh from EcoStream, one of our fantastic Victorian tradiepreneurs, into the studio. Adrian, g'day, mate. Hey, how you going, guys? <laughs> Very well. Thank you, Adrian. Hey. And, mate, I, I want to start um, – you've shared a bunch of information with us uh, sort of just in prepping for, for this episode – how would you sum up lockdown for you personally? Like, how would you say that affected you? Put our listeners in the picture. Yeah, so we're at lockdown. Right now we're in lockdown 5.0, and uh, each lockdown is slightly different. Mind you, this one's pretty similar to 4.0 for us. So, um, you know what? I'm, I'm an expert. I'm actually an expert in lockdowns. So, um, a lockdown expert. You better start your own podcast, mate. <laughs> um, yes. So, summing up lockdown in was the question summing up lockdown on the effects that sort of had on me. How have you? Can you just sorry? Ask yeah, that I suppose a lot of us talk about the semantics and the specifics, and and we're going to dig in with you with some of the the ways that you were able to, well, get through lockdown and maybe even leverage the lockdown for your business. Um, I think that's really important. But it's more the personal impact. You described a scene mm. to us uh, before mm. we hit record, Adrian, that really, really summed it up for me, you, mm. you know, yeah. and probably sums up the space that a lot of people are feeling perhaps close to or teetering on the edge of. Can you just describe that? Yeah. Again? So I'll just quickly describe pre-lockdown. We're in a place um, and, and pre I guess COVID, we're in a place um, in the business where it was the best it had ever been. We're probably dreaming the biggest we'd ever dreamt as well. In fact, we'd even started 
well, yeah, we'd started and spent some money for a new revenue stream on the business. Um, uh, there was a shop, like we'd built and fit out an entire irrigation shop to start as, because previously we were only construction really, mm-hmm. doing a bit, of, a little bit of consultancy and a little bit of maintenance, but most of our revenue was from construction, installation of irrigation. We're working on some massive projects at the time, really good high-end ones, um, and pretty big dollar value as well. Um, we're sitting on a really good oil bank for the work, which is actually quite nice when we went into it. Um, but we were also making decisions um, like growth was going to happen, like the next stages. And we built the shop, and it wouldn't it would have been uh, three weeks from being announced that. And, and planning an opening. It had been built for about three weeks and we were planning to a grand opening for the store when this lockdown happened. And I think it was meant to start with six weeks. And I guess straight away, I mean, construction businesses, we all know they don't, for the most part, we don't operate with huge wads of cash in the bank. Like you can fund these things for weeks, you know, for months on end. Mm. You know, most of us are operating like, man, the end of month's coming soon. Like that is going to be really nice. So I can breathe for seven days and then Mm. spend another three weeks going, oh man, I hope everyone pays in time in four weeks time. Um, I think that's the reality of how a lot of us trade businesses operate. Even though we're super profitable, we all wonder where this profit comes from at the end of the year when we talk to our accountants and we get a tax bill based on profit. Um, so um, what I'd say is that was the position we're in. And when all this happened, straight away was this unknown. And I think that's that was the issue. There was unknown around a global pandemic, you know, what it meant globally, what the effect financially should be on Australia. There was unknown health-wise, you know, like what does this thing really do? Like I'm sitting here with asthma and all this sort of thing and is this thing going to kill someone who's got asthma? You know, like um, we had growing numbers happening. Um, So there was fear around that. Um, We have lots of people under our care, so not just our families but people who work for us, subcontractors, all this type of thing. We're committed on projects. So, hey, is there going to be issues getting gear in and there was this moment for me, I would say it was probably a week into lockdown being um, coming in where I went for a drive because within five kilometres of my home um, <laughs> and um, and thought, I'm going to go for a drive. I don't know. Like I had staff ring me up. Hey, what's the go? What's the go with our jobs? Like, are we going to keep getting paid? How much are we going to get paid? Because it's job keeping. I, I didn't know. I didn't work. I, and who was there to ask? really like the direction was um not super clear and you know what like that's not blaming anyone who's giving directions like we're all in this struggling including the people making decisions to make the right call Mm. and um i had this moment sitting in my car where i just broke it like i broke down with this overwhelm and this fear that came in because if you listen to the last podcast i did with you guys there was a discussion around the difficult road that I'd had sort of maybe eight or nine years ago mm. where we lost a lot and we've started getting it back, right? And and it's been a good journey. And I just had this fear of going, man, I can't, I can't go back to that. I can't go back. I can't go back to this place that we were once in. Um, and kind of I, I broke down in my car. I was bawling my eyes out because I just... I turned my phone off 
for just a couple of minutes. And then I guess um, I just had this, this moment of I need to draw inspiration and motivation from somewhere to keep going. And what if I did fail? What does it really mean? Um, and I, I always go back, and I know some people think quotes are a little bit wanky or whatever, but I always go back to this Teddy Roosevelt one of the man in the arena and, and it, essentially being about, you know, it's better, it's better to have tried than to be the guy snarling in the background that never had a go. Mm-hmm. And, well, the worst is you dust yourself off and you had a crack and at least you know something, you know failure or success, right? And I, I really, really drew upon that um, quote and kind of rested in it to be honest like for a little while and then I thought um there's got to be a way out like there was a way out last time there was a way out last time seven or eight years ago there was a way and there has to be a way out now and so I dust myself off myself off um and started down a journey of trying to interpret all that we were, all that was happening and, and making an interpretation. So I was solid in our direction mm. rather than continuing, hey, are we meant to bring in my customers? Hey, can we come out to side? I don't know if we're allowed to. Can we do this? No, I'm going to make some hard calls on this stuff and I will face the consequences of get it wrong because mm. I'm also going to face consequences if I just go lukewarm. Mm. That's right. So Might as well be decisive. And, and go forward with, you know, your own research and everything backing you than just kind of float around and base it on the media or hearsay or what your organisation has said or I like it, mate. Mm. So um, I guess you said, you know, there has to be a way forward. What did that look like for you guys? And obviously every business is different and for our listeners tuning in, we'll have plumbers and electricians and builders and glaziers and roofers and you name it, you know, landscapers. And I've probably missed a bunch out that'll be cranky with me because they'll be like, well, it's come on. You should know that I'm listening. Uh, <clears throat> I'll say electricians twice, just, you know, in case they're a little bit tender, but uh, what was your way out, Adrian? What were some of the keys mm. to you guys actually, well, turning this into, dare I say, a positive? Mm. Has it, I guess um, in some ways it's ended up, um, in a positive light. I mean, do I think we would have been further along had it not happened? One hundred percent, right? But but <laughs> as a token, um, uh, we've recovered okay. Um, the first big decision was about the shop. Um, we just said, let's not do anything with it right now. It's going to sit there collecting dust. But there's no point. Like that was right in infancy stage. So we did not see any point. And that was also always going to be a hard barrier to push. It's one that's possible, but it's going to be a difficult road. And without building, having a chance to build good relationships with people, I just thought we've just got to put this on the back burner for a while. Mm. So we, we made a call to say, shut the door, let it collect dust, right? Like there's the best part of $100,000 of the product sitting in there, but shut the door, let it collect us because it's not yet uh, an income stream that we can rely on. Mm. Um, and nor does it have the margins that other income streams have. Um, 
The next one was to call all of our, our um, for the most part, government projects continued. And so the next part was to call, because so we were able to operate on some of our government projects. So some of them shut down because they, the councils went over and above what the direction of the state was. And there was no point arguing it. We just, you know, that's what it is. But some of our council projects kept going on. And so we had a discussion. We rung up all of our um, our customers and said, hey, what can we do now? Like, what are we allowed? Did you have projects that you had lined up that we can quote now? Did you have projects that fell within this financial year that you're allowed to bring forward that we can provide a quotation for? Um, and um, that brought in some work. Um, we're on a couple of projects where there was some variations that we're going to have to get quoted anyway. We simply asked that, can we sort of fast track these things to make sure we can get them, get approvals and keep, and make sure we don't have to leave site, mm. you know, while we're there. So that happened um, and some of that stuff went through. The other thing was, okay, well, we worked out that maybe we'd be down at about 50% of our normal revenue based on that the lockdowns happening and the projects that did shut down. So what are some things that we can add to, okay, we've got the shop, but really that's not really got legs yet. Um, maintenance, we're in the middle of winter. Like you can't really focus on maintenance and irrigation in the middle of winter. Construction, we've done all we can right now. And yes, that's going along okay. That's going to just keep the doors open. And the last part is um, uh, we said the consultancy thing that's kind of sitting here, that's this little part of the business, um, uh, can we, um, is there something we can do with that? Um, and so we set out with my time to start creating a pathway on how maybe we could start getting some more consultancy projects. And what we did was I bought $2,000 worth of um, Uber Eats vouchers and I started sending letters um, to architecture firms with a um, Uber Eats voucher that said, um, hey, we would have bought you in coffee and donuts, but we can't at the moment, so um, take this. And by the way, here's a booklet on our consultancy, and I created this consultancy booklet. Um, and then I did a webinar series and invited the landscape architects to the webinar series. And it was a series on, it wasn't a series actually, it was just, a question that I thought was a relevant one. Um, how um, consult, engaging a consultant, how to successfully to engage a consultant, irrigation consultant, and how to successfully make a design and construction project work. Because um, we originally got asked by one of the landscape architects, can you do one versus the other? And I said, well, how about we do one that says, this is how to make both scenarios work. Hmm. And we did that series and no more than two days after we did it, did we receive nearly $30,000 worth of consultancy work that could be done from my computer at home. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know what? Some moons aligned, <laughs> some things happened. Um, we rested on relationships mm -hmm. and people wanted to see us get through this, right? People, and there was a couple of things that happened recently in Victoria, 
some of the councils signed this, I can't remember what it's called, but signed this thing. I did pass the thing on to you, Nick. Um, councils are now paying their subbies within 14 days. There's a bunch of councils in Victoria. So we just um, spoke to some of our councils where that, some of the councils had signed the form and then not trickled it down to their accounts department. <laughs> so we um, spoke to some of our contacts and said, hey, do you realise your council has signed this form? Mm. Um, yeah, so, you know, what? Um, we were so glad. Some, the, some th the reason that some of the things work so well is we were so glad that we had got onto some preferred contractor panels with uh, over the years we've done that. Yeah. And that gave us permission to call up some of the councils to go, hey, is there something in your budget that you had set aside that you're allowed to do now? Yep. Yep. None of it were huge. It was always 700 bucks here, 800 bucks yeah, there, yeah. this and that. But, you know. You do what you was, can, right? Yep. And, and you made some decisions. Sorry, Nick. No, oh, and I was just going to say very similar. And that the word for it last year was pivot. I think the word this year is diversifying and seeing what else you can do within your business, which applies to every business. And we had a lot of chats about this during COVID last year and having a look at your own business structure, whether you're a plasterer, a plumber, an electrician, a painter, a fencer, regardless of what your position is within the construction industry, what can you do a little differently that you can do from home right now, whether it be a safety board check via the iPhone or FaceTime or whether it be I don't know, maybe some consulting type services about how you can plaster that hole in your wall so they can actually do something whilst they're home as the homeowner as well. There are opportunities there. And sure, it might not be something that you lean into for your business long term for a long period of time, but it might be enough just to start to trickle a bit more cash flow while you are stuck in this position. Um, and it also keeps your mind active. I'm sure pretty tradie wives would be very happy to think that tradies are actually busy for a period of time. One of the things that you did um, make some other changes around was understanding what you needed in terms of cash flow for the period of time. I'd love you to talk about mm. how you made the decisions about what was important to you and how much you needed to get through that period of time. Yeah. So there was a decision around cash flow, but probably more importantly than cash flow um, was going you know, we are going to go backwards during this time. Like that, that was a decision that we had to make. There was no way that 50% revenue, we got leases, we got overheads, we got staff, we got two factories that were renting. It was quite, you know, to keep the doors open, it's tens of thousands every month. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's, um, and there's people to honour, there's people that, that are fearful. And I think the first thing was going, well, what debt would I be willing to take on to keep this this business open? You know, that was that was a decision at the start. And I then came up with a figure. The figure was essentially what I'd be willing to pay for it if it came onto the market. Mm. And what now this was a personal one. It wasn't a discussion I had with the account. It wasn't about what the business was worth in his eyes. It was a decision about if this came on the market, what's it worth to me? And I came up with a figure. So you know what, I, I will go into debt that far um, into an overdraft, whatever it is, to make sure. Now, we we only went about 30% of the way to the figure I came up with, right? So um, yes, we went backwards, but it's actually not even that scary. But 
it's, it's actually now I'm sitting on it's not a scary thing. I'm, I'm actually okay with, with how far backwards we went. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not got dire consequences now either. Um, it's one thing to come up with that figure. You've got to then pay it back at some point. So mm-hmm. you got to, um, so we're able to keep, to keep moving. The other thing is, is that um, we said, what are the things that we can cut down now in terms of um, our outgoings? Um, and there was no operational staff that were, like we've got staff, we've got an estimator, for example. I mean, technically doesn't, I can't bill for his time, you know, but we didn't make a call to get rid of him. Like he's a great guy. I needed to see a bigger picture. I could have easily justified it. Right. Oh, okay. You know what? No, I, I really wanted to honor those relationships and go, there's going to be an end to this. And um, that was a, that was pretty tough because um, in some ways financially it made sense, but in other ways, you know, I'm wrapped that we decided. Um, if you're listening to him, it was only a very moment in time. He's <laughs> 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 got a bit but now he's feeling better. Um, uh, Adrian, it also talks to the uh, notion of thinking further ahead than the next two weeks or the next six weeks or the next five days or whatever the government tells us is the lockdown. And mm-hmm. none of us know what's going to happen in... Well, none of us have ever known what's going to happen tomorrow. And... Mm-hmm. I guess we just get used to things being a certain way and we convince ourselves that things will always be this way, even though logical, rational people understand and accept that that's not reality. Things won't always be the same. And yet this is a time that's really highlighted that for a lot of people who have been caught in that, well, I'll always have my job, I'll always have my business, things will always grow, there'll always be projects. And that's not actually reality and never has been. Um, what are some of the other things, Adrian, with that kind of thinking ahead, uh, one eye on the future, like you say, well, how much debt would I be willing to go into? Let's hang on to the estimator for now because, you know, that could really serve us well down the track. What were some of the other things that you sort of looked ahead to and kept in mind with your, you know, right now decisions that you were making? Mm. One of the big things is like we're, all of us, so it's not just irrigation, we're all dealing with this skills shortage, difficult get, difficulty getting people. There is a reality, I think it's a reality, that the need for tradies who are willing to get dirty and sweaty and go out to site and actually do billable hours in site, I don't think it's going away anytime soon, right? Like that need for us who are willing to do the hard yards is going to be there for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's why it's pretty easy to make decent money in a trade because if you're willing to go out and get dirty and do the work, what's slightly harder is sitting on Hayman Island with a laptop running your business, right? I'm not saying that that's um, <laughs> not a, a trader is not able to do that. What I'm just saying is if you are willing to go out and get dirty, you will make money. And in six weeks, 12 weeks, 13 weeks time, that need, I think, will still be there, mm. even if it's just you and a small crew. So, all right, what are some of the future decisions, the, the, the eyes on a midterm, um, uh, like a look into the future, mid, short-term, mid-term and long-term? Okay, short-term, it's going to be hard and we are we ha- have to be willing to go a little bit backwards. Um, 
and do those things that just cut down. And, and just, just on that, we, we decided, for example, to get rid of one of the factories, right? We broke the lease on it. It took a few months to happen, but um, we then got someone's now taking that over. And so that's kind of a relief, right? Like, because in the midterm, I decided to not look at growth in our business because my take is that it's probably not time to make big, even if lockdown wasn't on, it's probably not time to take big risky gambles because of what's happening globally. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think Australia, we're still pretty broken off from the rest of the world in this. And, and I think it personally, at some point what's happening in the world will have some effect on us. So, Hey, I think the work will be there. But I wouldn't want to be personally. I've decided not to grow my business dramatically during this midterm time, mm. knowing that in two, three, four, five years' time, there will be opportunity for that growth if we stick around now, do our business well, continue to build on those relationships. So that's how my my eye is working in the midterm and the long term. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I think it's uh, staying flexy, you know, even if, if because a lot of businesses have gotten busier during COVID, trade businesses, because of the stimulus, because, you know, people can't travel, money staying at home here in Australia and the same in New Zealand. And it would be easy to do the exact same thing and go, business is booming, I'm cleaning up during COVID and not actually have at least half an eye on the fact that what if this stops? Mm. What if things change? What if Sydney goes into a two-week minimum lockdown and we can't work? Mm. Then what? And I think, unfortunately, there's people who haven't... And you can't prepare for every eventuality because we don't know what they are. And yet, you know, if history teaches us anything in business, it's that everything changes and that governments will stick their fingers in things and wreck it. So, you know, there's got to be this thought of, well, how do we just be a little prepared for the unknown and the yeah. unknowable? Is yeah. there some things that you've done that that also, you know, even right now, I mean, Victoria's still in lockdown. It's different to Sydney. And I just want to make the point that um, I'm really disappointed with the the comparisons and the judgment and the competitive attitude about, well, our lockdown's better than your lockdown because mm. it's harder and, you know, we're doing it tougher than you. It's like, that that's not helpful to anybody. No. Uh, you know, who's got the worst injury? Like, that's a, that's a losing game. Mm. It's a race to the bottom that we all talk about with pricing, you know, and yet yeah. we're seeing this happen between the two states and there's a bit of, you know, interstate rivalry there. So you guys are still in lockdown, Adrian. What are you doing even right now to sort of stay flexy and be ready for anything? So um, one of the things um, that over the last look, at, a lot of this is in, has been in the make, like over time, been in the making. The way so my my position in the business now is pretty flexible, right? So uh, I'll give you an example. Like so now when because i've got an estimator because things work pretty well because my job's about relationships and um a bit of marketing and bits and pieces like it's not really set i'm just kind of involved in everything but nothing really like the days still happens without me kind of being there without um now what that means is that i'm the overflow person 
like so if we hit time like i can still install irrigation right like i'm so if my guys call up and go uh, we need a guy tomorrow Adrian. we need this we're running behind i can become the guy because I've, i'm in a position where i've got enough flexibility um to do that the other one is um the way like knowing like we, we've now been in business for about five and a half years and our leases came up on our work vehicles right and for my vehicle my personal one and my business partners now we run a pretty successful business right easily justifiable you know what i'm going to go out buy my land cruiser i had my eyes on i'll spend 100 grand on it it would be so justifiable it would make sense even if i drove into a site no one would question it no one would go oh, adrian spent too much like they kind of know the level of our business and they kind of know that it our success matches that decision. But I released my old five-year-old car, right? Like, mm. I, I, um, because I had a small balloon that was pretty small, but I just thought, you know, I'm not going to pay it out because I want the cash flow. We released for another three years. We didn't go purchase and take on more debt. That was completely unnecessary right now because I just wanted that cool car, right? Like, um, so that's the decision. The other one, um, and it was what you're saying before was, you know, these government decisions can have an effect. I think for the first time in my life, for a, a middle-class white male, did a government decision have a really big effect on me? Mm. Now, this is not, I'm not even going to go into about whether it was right or wrong or anything. I'm just saying it affected me. And it did give me some empathy around other people other demographics who have had government decisions whether right or wrong or whatever affect them dramatically and so what i say personally it's going back to maybe one of your first questions personally it's probably maybe empathetic around groups of people who maybe i don't even identify with i have nothing to really do with but it's made me empathetic and and perhaps even made me want to be supportive of a group of people who get affected by a big government decision that affects them Mm, it's a great insight, mate, and um, well done on taking that personal uh, shift and reflection out of what has been a really shit situation for a lot of people, including yourself, mate. A lot of stress, and as you described, you know, breaking down in your car, four point seven nine kilometres from your house. Uh, it's mm. it's um it's tough, you know. I mean, I don't think many of us are really feeling equipped to deal with all of this. And to even be able to choose a way forward, I mean, you just get the rug pulled at the drop of a hat, and then what? Uh, and that's why we're doing these episodes, listeners. It's why we're hoping to give you some insights from our fantastic tradingpreneur community, Adrian being one of those, um, and also a previous podcast guest. Thanks for pointing that out earlier, mate. Uh, so it's great to sort of have you back on the show and, and talking from a different perspective. Um, Mate, uh, I guess in, in closing, is there any other, is there a message you'd like to send to the Sydney tradies, you know, the, the Sydney trade business owners uh, in terms of what they're facing right now? Yeah, um, I would say that there is hope there for a way out. And can I just quickly talk about a conversation that we had recently around my business direction and what we're, what we're doing? Absolutely. Um, so one of the things was, you know, there's not going to be growth, massive growth financially over the next few years. But how can I 
because that's kind of maybe been my driver. Mm. Um, how can I position myself to enjoy my days, right? Enjoy the way that I, and the discussion we had is, is that, yeah, Adrian, you're going to be flexible in the business and stuff you're going to do, but what do you want it to look like? And that is now me giving myself permission to get back involved in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which I 10 years ago just loved. Um, I kind of got an injury from it. 10 years down the track, I now realise that every single bloke in his mid-30s plus is sporting some sort of injury there. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and there's, case, some <laughs> kindness, there's some kindness around that so we don't have to go as hard. But getting back involved in jiu-jitsu again, what it shows, and jiu-jitsu, if anyone's ever watched UFC or grappling, it's pretty, it's pretty technical mm-hmm. and you do start and you do get beaten up. Right, not not really badly, but you go in there, and for the first year you're doing it, no matter who you are, you are going to get dominated by guys who have been there longer, and like girls. and girls <laughs> and teenagers. A small chick. It was uh, right. very humbling. It is completely humbling, and time on the mat. And I've so I did the best part of a couple of years of it ten years ago. What it's it's real. What's amazing about jujitsu is. It kind of shows when you first go there, no matter how big and strong, and 10 years ago, I went there, tradie, mid 20s, kind of had strength and fitness. And then, like, the 16 year old little lanky kid just submitted me like 10 times. Right? And, <laughs> and um, then what it shows you is that there's always something, there's always a way that you can be taught of getting out of something. Yep. So jujitsu is teaching me again. There's something that I don't know right now that in two years' time, if I continue my three days a week at lunchtime, which is part of this, what I'm doing, and you guys are having, I'm having a discussion with you. Two years' time, I will be better than I am right now mm-hmm. at jujitsu. Right. I'd beat the current Adrian, even though I'm older. That's right. right. Like and more injured. And more injured. And <laughs> um. And what it shows me is in every aspect of life, there must be like a form of jujitsu, right? Like in the business world, there must be something that you don't know right now that you will be able to get out of this. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's been the real takeaway of getting back into jujitsu again is going, you know what, no matter what situation I'm in right now, um, there's a better way to position myself because jujitsu is about one about position um, and no matter what position you're in, there's a way of getting out of it. And then there's a way of improving and flipping over and improving your position. So um, I would say that um, there is hope because there is something out there that you can do. It's not hopeless. There's something out there that you can do right now. I don't have the answer, but there is a way out. There has to be. And you find it by turning up and being willing to be choked out by a 16-year-old girl in front of all your mates. Yeah. <laughs> but but you have to submit to the process. You have mm-hmm. to submit to the learning. You've got to submit to the failure. Otherwise, you don't find that way. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. there's no way to beat this, this person. And you don't go back to the mat. You're not actually going to find the way you're talking about, Adrian. So I love that example, mate. And mm, especially because I've never actually submitted anybody and then I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I went back to weightlifting because I could do that. 
<laughs> Adrian, you brought some great key insights. And I mean, we could talk to you for hours. I know that you had a lot of learnings around this time and continue to. And uh, I don't know, from certainly from our point of view, looking from outside in, this has been fantastic for your business. And I'm mm-hmm. sure Sydney tradies are really grappling with that idea of how this could actually be a positive for them in time. And Adrian's here to tell you that it can be and it has been and he has made some amazing change in his business that have meant that he's now having more of the lifestyle that he wants to have Mm. as well, which is a huge benefit to him and his family particularly. Uh, So I I really appreciate you being willing to share, being vulnerable, um, sharing exactly some of those really hard times as well. I think it's important for Sydney tradies to know that they're not alone and for Victorian tradies or in fact, any small business owners that are doing it tough through this time, it's important to know that you're not alone. And uh, we certainly really appreciate the fact that you're always so willing to be vulnerable and and sharing and generous with your time. So thank you very much for joining us today. Mm. Thanks for having me again. Absolute pleasure, mate. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.